Do you have anything you want to vent about, uh, Christian? <sighs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love the couch, but it's definitely more for like business office than it is for the house. You yeah. Know? Is it even comfortable? It's very like it's very comfortable because of this. The it's like a it's a couch with a chase, so we can both lay down at the same time. What's that? Like a um, chase. Not a like, chase. It's called it's like a, a it's, it makes an L shape. Where you, know you put your feet up on it. Oh yeah. yeah okay, yeah, I understand. Yeah, that sounds great. Jared Hogan and I'm Christian Schultz and this is good. We're hey, back. We're back in the studio. Well, in, in our good studios. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, don't you ever dream about that, Jared? No, I don't. Like one day we'll have a studio that's just good. Yeah. No, I don't dream about that. On, on, like, on, do you dream about that? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> you don't dream about that. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, you know what I do dream about, though? What? Um, Making a movie. Making movies? Yeah. We've got um, a great guest on, a good friend. Um, Nicole, Nicole, Nicole Irene. Irene. Nicole Irene. Nicole Irene. She is a crazy... Uh, amazing producer and um, she is here to uh, demystify guide us if you will yeah uh, the feature through the feature film world and how it's not as impossible as we imagine it to be so um, and to maybe talk a little bit about uh, festivals as well so if you thought it was impossible maybe this will make it seem a little less impossible so take a listen Nicole, welcome to the show. Hey, Thanks guys. Thanks for coming on. We're going to talk about some big topics, right? Big uh, stuff. Big stuff yeah. like feature films, how to get um, your film into um, Sundance Film Festival and like when. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Nicole is going to tell you exactly how to get to Sundance. Yeah. For so, sure. <laughs> but seriously, we're going to talk about feature films. We're going to talk about film festivals. We're going to talk about where to even start with film uh, feature films because um, – you and only one other guest that we've had on the show has actually made a feature, which is kind of incredible. So this is like a big conversation, at least for me, because I I think I have a lot of questions about do it. You, do you want to make features, Christian? I don't I mean, know if I've ever I mean, really asked you that. I feel like that's... Is like, that everybody's goal? Yeah, that's like a cliche, like everybody's goal. Like, oh, I want to make features, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I know that is the case. But like, for you personally, is that something that you want to do? Well, before we started recording... Um, Nicole said something interesting, which is I kind of identified with what she just said, which like, I don't want to make a feature. Like, I want to make like 30, you know, like that's the goal because, you know, because I mean, I made one this year. It was a feature doc and it was a great experience. And but like as soon as it's like halfway done, you know, you're like on to the next one. Yeah. And you kind of just want to keep doing it over and over again. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't know because we never really talked about that as much. Because, I mean, some people, like, I feel like they're great at commercial work and they just kind of want to do commercial work or, like, music videos or whatever. I, um, what kind of features – if someone – like, people ask me pretty regularly, like, what kind of features? Because I think I get, like, 
pigeonholed into documentary stuff, which I love documentary and I'm good at it. And I, a lot of people ask me to do that, but I don't want to do that. Like yeah. in features. Um, okay. So let's talk. Nicole's here. <laughs> hey, Nicole. Nicole. Hey. <laughs> Sometimes we just <laughs> drift off into our own uh, world, but um, her, her story oh, is yeah. complicated, how but let's, you, let's start. Nicole, how would beginning. you like identify yourself? Let's start there. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. So I'm a producer of feature films. My background is actually more of the like music industry and other visual arts. I was a photographer for a long time and then kind of segued over to um, the video scene when DSLRs started doing video and everyone was like, cool, I can make cool looking videos. <laughs> and then I saw real quick that I did not want to do that and that I wanted like everything I made to be like way better than that and not to look so bad in handheld. <laughs> and then I, I always kind of felt like, oh, I would be a director or something. But then I started working as a project creative project manager for like a lot of different visual projects like web design, album art and packaging and doing a lot of different marketing stuff and working with a lot of different bands and things like that. And I knew that I would like I wanted to make a feature but not the same way that I feel like everyone else has expressed, but in like more of a bratty way where I just knew that it would be like really hard and it would be really like amazing if I did it when I was really young. (laughs) (laughs) And so I kind of just always was like, I want to make like a feature film because at the time in like out of complete like naivety, I thought like, oh, if you just make one, it doesn't matter if it's good. It's still like an accomplishment if you just finish a feature film. And um, so I kind of, it was on my radar for a while. And then some really good friends of mine started working on a really beautiful film. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And they were like, we're going to make a movie. And I was like, I want to like, I want a part of this. Like, I want to figure this out with you guys. And so I just had this feeling that, like, all of the, like, project management skills and, like, quote-unquote, like, producing skills that I had been working on in other areas of the visual arts would just transfer over. I just knew that, where I didn't know, but I just kind of felt like, I could do this. (laughs) And then I started working on this film, Violent, and a few years later, it really, truly, like, completely changed my career path when I just saw, like, wow, our film is, like, in contention for the Oscar nomination for Canada. And we're all, like, under the age of 25, and we made this movie, and it's crazy. And we're winning every award, and we're playing at all these amazing film festivals. And that's when I was like, okay, I should probably keep doing this because it's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think, think like, getting to know you, Nicole, and talking about Violent, the film that you worked on, it's, like, it's like begun to like demystify like the, the feature a little bit because, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you, you said it before we hopped on and Christian just said it too, but like, yeah, we don't really run in a circle where there's like a lot of people that are making features. It's, that's like a, it's like the thing that everyone aspires to, but it seems like unattainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I don't know why that is. I think, Money? It's, I think it's because I don't, maybe this is like, um, generalizing it too much but like anytime that you see a feature not even like a good one like it's a miracle 
you know yeah like the actual like <laughs> process really and like i mean it's years it's like yeah. a, it's at least two years of your life that you're kind of trying to make something and like that's why i always i mean i always try and see as many movies as i can even if they're not good you know just to like <laughs> go well, see that's, some- that's what i want to say i really do want to say and shout out to my dear friends um at amazing factory and also in the band we are the city that made violent um those guys just didn't ask for anyone's permission they yeah. didn't have things lined up properly like they didn't they were like we're gonna make this movie and like we're just gonna make it and they started making it they just went for it and there's so many insane miracles that happened to make that film come true and for that vision to be realized but and honestly if I would have known how hard it was gonna be I would not I would have been like no (laughs) this is too hard (laughs) it's really hard making feature films is the hardest thing I've ever been involved in and I've done a lot of things that are difficult and I've been involved in the like a lot of people's careers that are really intense but making a film is so insane and I think that's why I really have stuck around in this like industry is because it weeds out all the people who don't want to work hard and who don't like 100 percent believe in like what they're doing because if you don't completely love your your story that you're trying to tell you can't do it you just you you just give up like you just have to stop because it's too hard yeah well i guess you know for someone that's listening to this Mm -hmm. or even (laughs) both me christian (laughs) uh like where do you start yeah so i think well i think it's important to know yourself as a director just like as a producer I have to be able to explain what kind of producer I'm going to be because there's so many different kinds you know there's like a producer who acts in like a management role with you kind of and helps you go through certain things there's a more creative producer there's like the person who's really more of like a line producer or there might be someone who's like more of a finance producer and with each project that I'm involved in it's different and I take on different roles depending on my, like, working relationship with the director and, like, how that fits. But same with the director. It's like, are you are you a writer? Like, do you – are you going to write the whole story? Are you going to write the script? Are you going to work with someone? You know, how, how do you want to tell that story and, like, what truly do you want your role to be? Which I think also can look different with different stories. So, like, if you have a story – you have to 100% define your role for starters, you know. And if you don't know that, then that's what you need to figure out through shorts and music videos. Does that make sense? And can you you kind of go into that a little bit more? Um, Yeah. Defining your role as like, I'm going to, I want to shoot this, I want to direct this, or or what do you mean? Yeah, like what kind of, like in, in the process of having the story, I was just thinking about this other day, Or, like, in Hollywood, it would more so be, like, a producer has a script and then they find a director. But now it's, like, if the director doesn't have, like, a strong idea in, like, the independent film market, like, nobody cares. Like, I'm not walking around trying to find directors to, like, make a script for me. Like, I'm I'm looking for someone who's, like, passionate about the story they want to tell. And then if I like the story they want to tell, then I'm, like, getting on board with that. So... Like, if you have a story but you don't have a script, then, like, the first step is finding the person you want to write 
want to write the script with you like that's like the very first step is like how are you going to tell this story if you're not a writer then who's going to help you write the story does that make sense yeah yeah what what do you think is like um the attractiveness of a story to you to make you want to jump on it Hmm. i mean you know what for me it really is about the director I don't I don't find myself like particularly attracted to like a story at the development like the right. developing stage or even at the script stage. I think scripts are super boring. Well, let me ask you that. Like what is what is it about a director? <laughs> what Jared's what about cuz I just read his script today. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me um, Yeah, so what attracts me to a director? That yeah. is a good question. Um I Especially, like, at this, like, independent stage where, like, you know that every single person involved is going to be grinding super hard to make this film a reality. I really, like, respect directors that are hardworking. Okay. I respect, like, when I speak to them, if they really make a really great effort to be direct and have skills communicating. I've worked with directors who are, like, I feel like, they don't know what they want and I can see them like often like deflecting to me to like figure out what they want. But when I meet a person who has a very strong vision, I can like feel that and I can, I like want to join them. And the director is the person that everyone is going to follow. Like the actors are going to follow, like everyone's going to come aboard this little ship of making a film and if the director is not inspiring every one of those people to like climb aboard, then I don't really like want to be involved. That's terrifying. And it's a no. I mean, it's it's just like I think when you have a story in you that you feel like you need to tell that story, that's that's really inspiring. Well, I guess it's pretty easy to see like <laughs> uh, why it's difficult for people to to get something like this off the ground. Yeah. It sounds impossible. Yeah, I feel like really bad already that we're, I don't even know how long we've been talking and it's like, <laughs> I have figured like none of, nothing that I've said has been like probably tangible or made sense to anyone. They're like, yeah, but what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. But I think, okay, if you're, if you're a director and you're, and you're, you have this story that you're like so passionate about and you're trying to find a producer, I think, it's really great. The first time I talked to Jared about his film, sorry that I keep using you as an example, Jared. That's okay. It's just like he sent me over this PDF, and I honestly at the time was like, I don't know if I'm going to take on another film. And he sent me this PDF and didn't say like anything about it. And it was just like actually not even a PDF. It was just like an Evernote document. (laughs) And I read it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be insane. This is amazing. So, like, taking that time and effort to, like, really express your idea and, like, it seemed probably minimal at the time compared to, like, the grand scheme of the whole plan. But, like, taking the time to, like, express your idea and communicate to the producer that you're going to do whatever it takes. This is your idea. You're capable of communicating your idea on paper, because that's like that's what I have to do. I have to take communicate this idea to everyone and get funding and get people to climb aboard. So when I meet a director who's like already doing that, I'm like, cool. This person gets it. They like have a strong vision. And maybe you're you're gonna change your mind, and maybe you're gonna 
you know, change your mind a hundred million times, but right. like knowing that I can see that you have like a vision and you really believe in that story is, is everything really. Cause you, like I, I've signed on to some projects that are like, wow, this is really at like very early development. Actually one of the guys who made violent, they just made a really small teaser of some like B-roll that they shot yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this film. It's like a very intense subject matter and I need to think about it. And they sent me this teaser and I was just like, after a minute, I was just crying. And I was like, this is so beautiful. Like this proof of concept that you can do something very simple with his subject matter that's so moving was enough for me. So I guess proof of concept is everything. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this because this is something that I think about all the time. Mm-hmm. And I get in my own head. Um, is there a point in which a director is like ready or not ready? Mm. That's a great question. Mm. Yeah. So there's two. There's two uh, common mindsets. There's the mindset that's like, just keep making things, make a film, make another film, right. make another film till it's good enough, and. And I'm from the school of thought that says, like, your first two films are the only two films that are ever going to have extreme opportunity in the festival world. You get so many opportunities as a first and second time filmmaker to play at all the world's best film festivals in the, like, new discovery programs at those festivals. And you only get two chances. And if you don't make them count, like, you that doesn't count anymore. So I think that you you do need to be ready. And I think it's the story. Like, you could be a really great director, but if you don't have the story that you want to tell, then you're not ready. And if you just make up a feature film because you feel like it's time for you to make one, it's yeah. not going to be good. But if you feel like you have a story that you're passionate about and that you want to tell, there's... You could do it if it's if That's you just started. Yeah. I mean, to me, a story is everything because I go to film festivals and I watch tons of amazing movies, and there's so much forgiveness for a film mm. that has has a story that matters that people and not like saying it has to be like political or anything like that. Not matter in that sense, but you can tell when you watch something that has that heart in it. That's like, this director has a story that they're really committed to and they want to tell. That's interesting, man. I never thought about it that way. And um, like letting the story tell you when you're ready or not. Like, you know, that's that's a different way. Are, you, are you ready, Christian? <laughs> Currently, no, dude. <laughs> that's, the, that's my problem is I'm like, I have, well, here's my issue. And I know this this is not really like a question, but here's my issue. Um, and this is why I think this is more of a question. Yeah, this is a question for both of you. But, like, I have four or five feature ideas that I'm that every time I think about them, I'm like, oh, I want to do that one day. Like, yeah. when I, whenever, I like, I have, like, the platform or whenever, like, I have people that want to, like, give me money or some shit, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> I see you raising your hand. <laughs> oh, did I do that? Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. My computer. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to do that. For the listeners, there's this app that we use to make these podcasts, and it has a little raise hand function. 
that like just. <laughs> Am I the first hand. person to cause mischief with their raising hand? You might be the first person to ever raise their hand. Oh, okay. um, um, does that okay, make sense? Like I have absolutely. like I have like a ton of things, and I'm like, oh, one That's day. That's when I say you're that. not ready because um, I like to work with directors who feel like they can't sleep at night until their movie is made because yeah. the story is literally burning inside of them. Yeah. Which sounds extreme, but I don't know. That's like how I feel about a lot of things. Um, I have a better answer to the question about what how to start. Okay. I think the better answer is that um, instead of looking at the grand scheme of like, oh, I need to make this feature film and there's like so many things that are unattainable that I need to do to get this rolling, I think you just need to look at what's the first way for you to express this story to yeah. someone else. And start there. And then you make that better. You start with, like, your first Word document about it, and then you make that treatment better. And you keep making that better. And the better that gets, the more people want to get on board. And that goes yeah. from, like, the first, like, creative friend that's like, yeah, I can shape this story with you. And that right. builds. And your team starts building from that. And then you get, like, a cool producer that helps you make it even better. And then they get another awesome executive producer that helps make it better and then you sign a cast because you're like oh this is a really cool package and i get it you know right so i think you just have to start small and be like okay this is how you add each well i think that's the issue is it always feels like too many like there's too many things that i don't know you know like there's too many people that i need to meet or there's too many people that um is there truth to that nicole do you think yeah i mean i think uh once you meet some like people who have been doing this for a while, you'll realize that they feel the same way. And that's kind of why I like the film industry because it's, it's so insane. There's so much there that you can never, there's never an excuse to like stay at the same level that you're at. There's always a reason to like do better and to like grow more and to like reach like higher, you know, there's no, there's no top for the film industry. It just keeps growing. Like everything's yeah. changing. Platforms are changing. The way films are made are changing. And it's like everything is changing. So like if you're at the top, you still, you don't get to stay there because yeah. someone's just going to go above you. Like there's always more. How do you get people to take you seriously? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that is really fun for me because um when I was started producing violent or started like taking violent to film festivals and stuff I realized wow this is really funny I'm like 24 years old and I have white blonde hair and I'm a female and I produced this movie which was really insane because everyone would come up to me and be like oh are you the actress in the film and I'm just like no I produced, like, I'm one of the producers. And they're like, oh. And people were kind of just losing their minds that we were all young. Yeah. And so that was, like, the kind of, a kind of, like, a really big reality check for me as far as, like, I, it had never crossed my mind that people didn't take me seriously because I was young or something. Before, because no one had ever, I had never been in a really tough situation where I was like, oh, I'm young and everyone else is older than me. And really like being at those festivals and realizing like, wow, everyone is 
way older and super jaded and lives in LA or something like that was kind of like, oh, wow, this is really intense. And I need to like actually consider like how to like present my ideas in a way that really makes people take me seriously. And I felt like I had always been doing that, but it was the first time when I realized like, oh, that's actually a thing. Like people don't automatically take you seriously ever um, in the film industry. <laughs> Do you it think that's matter. part of like knowing if you're ready or not if pe- is if people take you seriously? No, because like no one's going to take you seriously. Like you haven't made a feature film before. Like you have no right. idea what you're doing. Like in that circle. Yeah. yeah, no, but still, it's like you have no idea what you're doing. You're going to make a feature film and you have no idea how hard it's going to be. That's that's the thing. So how do you get people to take you seriously? I think goes back to the like deducting this into steps of just being like, okay, this is the first like treatment that I have and making that really amazing. Well, how does somebody reconcile like the kind of like contradiction of like anybody can, not anybody can do it, I guess, but like, you can do it if you just like kind of begin slash mm-hmm. like nobody's going to take you. So, like it seems like someone would be listening and they just couldn't really reconcile. Yeah. How to actually get started when it's like, it's simple, mm-hmm. but like it's actually really the hardest thing in the world. Well, it's kind of like that Venn diagram um, that you see about art where it says like on one side is like complete narcissism and on the other side is crippling self doubt. And like, uh, I think, art is like right in the middle of that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so um I I mean you have to again you have to believe that the story you're telling is worth telling and I think it's not about you and it's not about getting people to take you seriously it's about getting people to take the story seriously and I don't think there's really like any cut and dry answer of how to do that except for that proof of concept is everything and if you can prove your concept then people will start to join you and you do start to build this like little army and it's it's a strength in numbers thing where you add these amazing people to your team and you keep building things and then all of a sudden it becomes reality you know it's like you're building this like insane thing and each person that like gets on board it with you is like makes it like more and more a piece of reality but I think there's also like two things that are that can happen is there's like this classic method I think that everyone's maybe holding out for where they're like I'm gonna get a good idea and then someone's gonna just give me money to make this idea happen and then I'm just gonna make it but that's maybe not reality for everyone maybe there's like people who are just going to have to make something with their friends, you know, like violent was made by like a group of friends that were like, we're going to make this movie. And it was made. And there was like a lot of people sacrificed a lot of things to make it and nobody paid for it. We paid for it ourselves and that's it, you know? So I think you have to, to choose to just start with what you have and what's around you and just keep trying to build on that does that make sense um quick plug for the movie if people want to find out more about the movie where would they go um you can watch the trailer on violentfilm.com and uh in the springtime it'll be released in america in theaters and on vod 
Is it really going to be in theaters? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> a movie in a theater. Yeah. It's like it's like real. Okay, Jared. Yeah. Yes. You did she mentioned it earlier, but you you sent me a couple things throughout the time that we've known each other, but like it's usually like an Evernote or something of just different random ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um like how do you do you still feel that way of um, this is probably not going to happen or like this is a long shot or getting inside your head. But like how do you balance that with like actually writing something down and making something tangible for something for somebody to read? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think what Nicole said earlier has been, um, has been really important for me, which is kind of like if I tell somebody about it and like, 30, 45 seconds, like how do they react? And not that that's like the, the, um, bar for like every movie, but I think that's probably a good sign if when you're kind of like talking through, um, what the movie's about, if people like react in like a positive way, or at least kind of like an interested way, that's been the case with the film that I'm working on is like the story is just so, um, kind of remarkable that, I've, that's encouraged me to be like, man, maybe I'm like on to something. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean, what you said, Nicole is kind of accurate and you would know because I just send you stuff all the time, <laughs> um, of just like, Oh, there's this article that I read. Oh, I, like my, my four year old work like threw up and now I'm, um, up at 4am looking at articles about this story or like, and I just like send them to like the people that are working on the film with me. And it really is this thing that's um, obsessive where I just kind of can't not think about it. And at one, at some point I just kind of had to like be like, okay, how am I going to formulate these thoughts and how's this thing going to actually start to to play out as an actual story that I, that, um, that I want to tell, like how I would, how I would tell it. And, uh, yeah, start, I, I guess I just started to like organize my thoughts. And then the more I sent that out, um, and that kind of started to get like some traction from people that, um, I trust that kind of gave me a little bit more momentum to kind of bring more people in. You know? Yeah. Well, what's like, what do you feel like is the, uh, the ratio of like shit ideas to, to like something that's like, uh, you mean for features or just in general? Just, you know what I mean? Like just oh, like, yeah, mostly horrible for the most part, I think. Yeah. I think one <laughs> I think one thing to note, which I think would be like my strongest opinion, is that um I think a lot of people maybe like dwell or a lot of directors will like dwell on an idea and I think you have to remember that films don't get made uh by one person. Yeah. And that, like, just if there's, like, one person in your life that maybe they're not even in the film industry, but they're just, like, someone that can help you shape that story. Maybe they're just a copywriter or maybe they're just a designer that can help you shape those, like, early thoughts. Like, that's everything. Yeah. It's, like, just don't be, like, alone in that story or it's not going to go anywhere. Like, I mean, start that's, growing that's that. That's really true, I think, in my experience, too. Like, even Eric who I know, you know, kind of Christian and Nicole, you guys know each other. Yeah. Um, Eric Hurchin, who's on the show really early on. Um, he's not a filmmaker at all, but I, I trust his taste and he's, he's like kind of a creative genius. So just his voice, like kind of to the story has been really helpful. Like not in like a, 
narrative structure kind of way, but like, oh, that's like kind of a crazy approach. I think you're onto something or like, what about this or whatever? So yeah, it doesn't have to be like a screenwriter. It can be someone that you trust. Yeah. Or what do you want? I guess like that's, that's interesting to me is like, if I get an idea and say, I send it to you or you get an idea, you send it to me. What do you want from me? That is the best question we've Mm. asked on this podcast so far. That is a good question. I'm not kidding because people send me stuff or I send people stuff. Yeah. And I get really offended when they don't respond or send anything back. Right. <laughs> and then I have to ask myself that question like, what did I want from them in the first place? Mm-hmm. And usually it's totally undefined. So I don't know. Like, like I don't know if I have that, re- that type of relationship to be okay with them saying something negative. Well, that's the thing. When people send me stuff, I'm like, I'm sorry, like, do you want me to tell you this is good, like, nice? <laughs> or do you want me to tell you, like, how to make it better? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, sick of that type of relationship, man. That, you know, like, most people don't really want you to tell them. Yeah, how to make like, it better. well, if you just did this, you know. I told somebody, like, not too long ago, like, they sent me something, um, like, an idea for something. And I was like, I just said, keep going. And they were like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's the nicest way I can put it. You know, it's like, keep, just keep going down the rabbit hole and then maybe it'll be good, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Like, and I that. mean, someone I really love said that to me about violent, even when it was in like rough stages, they were like, yeah, I mean, it's okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I and to this day I still remember it and I like laugh every time I think about it because to them they were in that story and they were like, Ah, oh, that's cool. And like I shared it with them like prematurely. And so, like, yeah, right. I was right. like, What the like what is wrong with you? But to me, I still was like, I believe in this story and I don't care what you think, even though I really care about your opinion, I like don't care. I think that is, that's like a really good point because I even, this is way different, I guess, but sometimes responses like that can be like, um, kind of like perfect. Like I (laughs) I showed, um, someone like an early cut of a music video that I just did Uh and they reacted in a way that like was negative, but for some reason, like I, I was able to like interpret it, I guess, because I knew what I wanted enough that like. I knew that it was going to like put some people off right? to the point where I was like, oh, that's they reacted like negatively. But I think and the cut was not close to done. But for some reason, I was able to kind of like internalize that as like a positive. What was like, oh, what, what, what did you say? What did they say? Oh, nothing. I just I saw it on their face and then oh, okay. they they were trying with everything like in their being <laughs> not to like tell me how much they hated it. Yeah. But like I I knew that like the video was going to be polarizing, you know. So I was kind of like, cool. Like we accomplished at least half of it. I hope we can just get like some people to like it now. Yeah, totally. And I, I think I think to go back to your like official question that you asked too. I think when you're shaping the early stages of your story, you need to be specific with people about what type of feedback you want because. Yeah. Like, I always say to Jared, well, like, I always have an opinion, but I'm not going to give it to you unless you, like, want it. Right. So, I mean, or unless I really feel like I have to say it. But, like, in the creative process, like, if you feel really committed to the way, like, a certain character is building or whatever, I you're the director and I'm going to believe in that. But, like, if you, like, want my opinion about it, then I'm going to help you, like, form that. And so I think you have to be honest about like what you 
what you want from someone for sure. When do you feel like the idea, and I'm asking this like very specifically about <laughs> exactly sure. where I am right now, uh, is, is at the point where it's like worth maybe not even the idea. So let's say the idea is pretty solid, right? Um, like when is the project at a point where it's like, um, let's really start to like reach out and bring people in from the outside that maybe aren't in our like creative sphere, like day to day. Like it's like we want to bring a producer in or like we want to like start talking to actors. Mm -hmm. Like when does that start to happen? Yeah, I mean, that's like a tough question to answer on like a broad spectrum because it sure. really depends. You know, each like each of the three projects I have right now are building up completely differently. Yeah. So it's it like actually it, the three of them could not be more opposite <laughs> in in the structure and the way that they're building like you know, one had, like, executive producers sign on without a script. Um, and then, like, we have a script now for your film. But, like, you know, so things are just building different ways. Um, so I, I'm i going to say I pass on that question. Okay, fair enough. But I think um, to – well, I guess to answer the question is, like, it is going to be different for every person. So, like, if you're a director and you have a DP and you have maybe some cast but you don't have, like, a producer you love – then, you know, you should be reaching out with whatever you have. Um, yeah. You know, so what you're saying is there's not, like, there's not like a specific order in which you need to do things. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's literally no rules. Everyone wants to pretend that there's rules in yeah. the film industry, but there are no rules. Like, yeah. If for me, it is like, insane. And everyone's pretending that they know what the rules are, but no one is really talking about how there are none. Jared, where do you, where do you start first? And <laughs> like... Be more specific. Like, um, like for me, I get an idea, and I'm saying, and I say to myself, "Oh, that one actor would be great in this thing," and then I just kind of, and then I write, like I would write something for that, like with that person in my head. Yeah, you know. Would you I mean? consider yourself a writer on any level? Um, like professionally, no. <laughs> I mean. Enough to like get your ideas across. Yeah, for sure. Or your tweets or whatever. Or yeah. tweets or whatever. I, I write. I really love writing treatments. I spend a lot of time on treatments. Um, not so much like the visual side is easy, but like I really get hung up on the actual writing of a treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in AP English, so it was kind of a big deal. That's great. That's <laughs> great, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of want to hear more of your answer. Like, if like where do you just start? Like, where do you start? Um, yeah, I, I just see like, I just see like, uh, we're talking about an idea for a feature. Is that what right. you're saying? Yeah. I definitely don't think of actors first. Really? No. I think, I, th yeah, that's kind of where my, I'm not saying is. that's wrong. I'm not saying that's no, wrong. I, just, I think that's what I was asked, I wanted to, to get your opinion on is like where it's interesting to see where other people start. We are very, very different directors. We <laughs> could be more different. Like, I think for me, it's like what I get really pumped about is like approach and like structure. Like what is like the, because I really um, think that what I like to do as a filmmaker is like to challenge people um, and like kind of challenge like perspective or like paradigms or whatever. Uh -huh. And I'm not trying to sound like lofty, but like I've actually yeah. been thinking about that um, the past like year. Like what is it that I like kind of gravitate towards? And that seems to be like kind of consistent with my work. And so uh, usually I find like 
the most like what I get most excited about is doing that through like some kind of different strange kind of structure or approach. I sure. guess. Um, and that's probably something that I, I need to grow in because um, performance is something that I really need to like figure out how to take advantage of as opposed to just like what I can do with the camera. Right. Where do you think you fall in that spectrum? Um, yeah, just complete opposite. <laughs> because I th- but I just think of like my, f- my, like if, if you were to like, if I was to like look at my movie collection and just like pick out all my favorite films, none of them are like, um, irreversible or like, you know, Aronofsky films where it's just like all approach and like the, right. the way that they, um, like the way that the film is made is as much of a character as whatever, which I would put you in that category. Like, um, like all of my films are just character driven. Yeah. You know? So I, I, well, you're just a man of character. Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, so that's just where I think of first, I guess, you know, that's sort of a short answer. Okay. Well, let's move on to like kind of, I think maybe kind of the last topic, which is, I would like to talk about film festivals. Yeah. Uh, how important film festivals are, what type of film festivals you should be looking for. Um, Before we even go into that, yeah, Christian, what's your general opinion on festivals right now? Right now? Your experience, your opinion, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just laughing. At least <laughs> the la- my last experience uh, made me feel like like I was back in high school. Like I wasn't... Allowed you to, weren't at the cool. Yeah, table. I wasn't allowed to sit in like the cool part of the cafeteria, you know. Right. And I had to, I had to go like sit by myself or something, you know. Just so you know, uh, one person that was sitting at the cool table is Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was definitely there. <laughs> um, I only have experience. In, what festival like, were shorts. you at, Christian? Like you got um, rejected or no, you, no, no, no. Yeah. you so were like there? the actual like submitting process. So oh, I'll tell you, okay. I I worked for a company called Music Bed. Um, yeah. We got invited to go speak at the Cannes Festival and it was one of the best um not just like film experiences of my life but just like one of the best experiences of my life. Um, wow. because we we were speaking, so they got like they were like, "Hey, do you guys want to go to premiere tonight? Like, here's some tickets. Like, one of the main premieres. I think it was a movie. It was a uh, Chinese movie from the guy who made Hero. I don't remember the. I think it was called like Letting Go or something. Not Letting Go. It was something. What year was it? Was it? Sure. it was uh, t- it was fourteen, right? Two thousand fourteen. Okay, yeah. Um, Violent was playing um in the. Um, we just had like a market screening for Violent okay. that year. It was that the was... same year as like Foxcatcher and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. all those cool movies. Ryan Gosling's movie. Yeah, which is that was a funny experience. Sad, yeah. But um, we so we went to this <laughs> we went to this premiere and it, the film was amazing. Um, but it wasn't like the best film that I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, like it was it was like a very well known Chinese director and very respected. And like it, the amazing thing was like all of these people, like actors and directors and producers, all showed up to just watch this movie. And um, at the end of it, there was like a fifteen-minute standing ovation, and like everybody, and it was just like um, it was the first time that I felt like that this is exactly what I want to do. 
Like, I never experienced that type of respect for film. You know, yeah. I think we take advantage of it a lot because it's so accessible and we yeah. can kind of sit on our couch and watch amazing films. And um, I think I'd forgotten that, you know. So, like, yeah. at that moment, like, I, re- I just remembered, like, oh, like, this is why I want to do this. Like, this, like, love for this craft is, like, why I want to do this. And everybody in the room is, like, experiencing that at the same exact time. So, like, actually, like, that, my first film festival experience was that. Uh, which is like the highest, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, like you gotta, I guess it's all downhill from there, at least until it gets good. Um, but when we actually made it, like the feature process for that feature doc that I made uh, that came out this year um, was just like, I don't, just like shooting in the, it felt like we were shooting in the dark. And just like trying to hit as many things as I mean, we got I think we got into ten festivals, but none of the big ones, none of the like you know something that you'd want to premiere something at. Um, but yeah, it just felt like I wasn't cool enough. Like I didn't make something good enough um, to like. Be- Is that like? It feels like. <laughs> Everybody feels like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think this is like a very like common statement. Is a lot of people are like, oh, I don't. Like, I can't get there. What well, sucks? Yeah. Do you really think like the people that I don't know? Do you th- honestly feel like Whiplash had that same thing, and like Birth of a Nation had that same feeling? Like, yeah. Like imagine, how, how that, imagine how one day thing? I wake up to an email in my inbox that says like, "Oh, the people who program can like want to talk to you about your film." Because they want to play it. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, that's insane. You know, like, people, every person who played at those festivals has woken up to an email like that and been like, whoa, this is happening. Yeah. And that's really cool. Um, but it is, I mean, it is very confusing because it seems so unattainable. And it is, there's, of course, there's, like, nepotism and... All, all of those kinds sure. of things that go into it. There's so many things that go into how that works. But if you can get over that and just kind of dig in there, you can you can make it happen. But I guess um, you should cut that part out. And the advice I'm about to give you only applies <laughs> to... The advice that I'm going to give you only applies to people who are making truly amazing cinema. That's all I'm going to say, because I think if you're not making an amazing movie, then you don't have the right to be upset. Not saying that your movie's not great. You don't have the right to be upset about your film not getting into a festival. And I think that's the first question you have to ask yourself, is you have to look at all the films that you have seen in those categories, and you have to ask yourself, if this movie, if I went and saw my movie at this festival with all these other films, would I be like, why was that film playing? It wasn't good enough, you know. And I think, like, everyone just wants festival play, so they're like, oh, I should just, you know, be able to play at a festival. But number one, your film has to be good enough. Right. Number two, if it is good enough, okay, there's tr- it's true. There's a lot of great films that don't have great festival runs. And it comes down to publicity and timing. Like, okay, you want your film to come out in this season and the festival you want it to play at is in a completely different season. And it's so insane and there's, like, 
premieres and who's actually going to want it. And if you're going to give it to this festival in this season, you're not going to be able to give it to this other festival because they don't want it anymore and blah, 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 blah. And there's like politics between festivals and there's so many things. But the bottom line, number one piece of advice is when I ask some people, what's your festival strategy? They're like, oh, Sundance. And I'm like, that's not a festival strategy. <laughs> that's, that's like, I, I can't even remember what the stats are, but I think it's like 1.9% one, 1. Like of films submitted to Sundance play at Sundance. It's a very small number of films. So yeah. like, playing at Sundance is not a festival strategy. You might. I mean, I plan to. <laughs> I think that like all three of the films that I'm producing right now are very strong contenders to play at Sundance, but that's not the that's not the bottom line. And then the even worse than that, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, but then if I don't get into Sundance, I'm going to do South by." <laughs> like, no, that's also still not a festival strategy. <laughs> so it, I think the number one thing that Americans do is they forget about Europe and. Um, hmm. Europe is amazing and there's so many great festivals that are so cool and have such cachet in the film industry that like I didn't even really know about and weren't on my radar until I was like being asked to play at these festivals and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, a couple of my favorites is Locarno. Locarno is super weird. They play like a lot of really weird films. It's in Switzerland. It's so beautiful. Um, Carlo Viveri is outside of Prague, and it's one of the most amazing film festivals I've ever been to. And we actually had our world premiere there. And it's, like, a, such a cool festival. It's an audience festival. There's so many college students that go. It's definitely considered, like, a, an A-list festival in Europe. It's, like, the Sundance of Eastern Europe. And, you know, San Sebastian, all of these festivals are, like, so cool that you have to be thinking about those and yeah. not just be thinking about like Tribeca and Sundance right. and and South by and so you know for Violent we did really well in Europe which gave us like a lot of traction and after that was over to be able to come back and like we we played in Europe first we didn't give our world premiere to Canada because we're Canadians so just all of those kind of things of keeping in mind that like when other festivals like Maybe you're not going to get one of the best film festivals, but when you play other cool festivals and get as many as you can, it's not just about American festivals. In fact, like yeah. like you're saying, the Europe European festivals are like way more respectful of film, right. especially France. There's like five amazing film festivals in France that are really well known, and a huge part of that is the same people that are consultants or programmers for Cannes also work for these other film yeah, festivals. Trust, so you yeah. want a programmer for Cannes to know your name? Maybe that's going to happen because you played at a different film festival in Europe and now they know who you are. Like, that's how it works. And you can't just be, like, single-minded of, like, oh, I'm going to apply through this, like, system online, you know. <laughs> that doesn't work. Nobody gets their film in a festival by like it applying on without a box. <laughs> that's, oh, man. that's not how it works. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. You know. Okay. Okay. So for somebody like me mm -hmm. who literally knows nothing outside of without a box mm -hmm. and getting like 30 rejection emails. Yeah. Um, 
why why do festivals do festivals matter um I think exactly what Christian was saying when you when you're there and you see a lot of people think oh it's about you know an award and I don't care and I don't need like Sundance or Cannes to like give me my self-worth but when you're there and you feel like a huge room of people who like really respect and love cinema and like all of the people that run these festivals and all of the people in the industry that give their like lives to chase films around and write about them and talk about them and like finance them and produce them and direct them like that like being a part of that community is important and it is really amazing and to get recognition from that community gives you a lot of opportunity to do a lot of things and I think if you don't try for that and try really hard for that then you're missing out on a lot of um, traction for your future projects and you're missing out on that community which seems really shitty like the film industry is really messed up and it's really can be really shallow and it can be really disgusting and cutthroat and there's so many terrible things about it that I hate but the reason why I still am making films is because there's so many amazing people that like rise above that and care about making something really amazing and they really love cinema and I love being a part of that community bam boom, boom. Nicole thanks for hopping on <laughs> Now everybody go make a feature. Uh, I, I hope I hope everyone who was previously on this podcast that I think are all amazing directors. I hope they go and make feature films so we can watch them. Oh, there you Amen. Go. Amen. All right. Did, did you think that was a? I mean, how how was the interview? It was good. Yeah. Okay. I've been paying attention. I, know I was you have. ready. You're ready. <laughs> All right. Well, till next time. Actually, till like tomorrow when I email you. Good. Bye, guys. Bye. This episode was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to refer to him, Christian number two. As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs. You can check out more of his stuff on CubbySounds.com. And our good podcast logo was designed by Eric Herchin. Also, you can find other fun stuff at GoodThePodcast.com. 